You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome back in to The Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. As always, this is the analysis show here for Big Blue View. Also, Big Blue, Big Blue View is your go-to source for New York Giants news, analysis, you name it, all of that amazing stuff. It is the best source out there for Giants information. As we've been doing so far with the Chris and Joe show, we have been highlighting every single position group heading into this season so far predicting and analyzing various important players as well as guys that will possibly make the roster that are surprises or players that could possibly end up being surprise cuts. We're getting very close to wrapping this up as we're on the linebackers right now and then we have the safeties as the final position group that we are going to hit on. Today, linebackers, like I said, and Chris, this is... A very different looking group than we had last year. There's no Alec Ogletree, and now we have a pretty big free agent signing being the featured player in the middle, that being Blake Martinez. He was signed from the Packers, brought in to be that new Mike linebacker guy, the guy that is going to be seemingly the focal point and center piece for this linebacking group, the guy that will be leading things on this defense overall. And he's got a a ton of talent. He was very, very productive in his time with the Packers, a couple seasons going over 140 tackles. Are we going to get that same level of play from Martinez when he comes to play with the Giants? Well, I we've talked about this before. I do not doubt that he is going to have a ton of tackles with the Giants. I think their defensive scheme is going to try going to try to keep him clean in the run game so he can come up and basically clean up after the defensive line. You know, they'll take care of any blockers and probably hopefully at least uh, disrupt running lanes which will disrupt plays and really let him flow to the ball. So he should have a ton of opportunities to make tackles. Now, you know, Tackles are kind of a, uh, we'll say a disputed stat. For for one, tackle counts aren't always the same across different, you know, whoever is happens to be counting them. But also there is kind of a, uh, a difference between just racking up tackle numbers and getting effective tackles, tackles that actually make a difference to slow the offense down and not just, you know, being the first guy to touch a running back or a receiver on the ground 
eight yards downfield. You know, hopefully Martinez will not only get a lot of tackles, but he'll get a lot of those impact tackles, you know, close to the line of scrimmage, doing his job and really slowing down opposing offenses, not just racking up numbers. Certainly, and the, the tackle statistic can always be a little bit misconstrued. It's one of the weirdest statistics because you could see a guy have 150 tackles, but if he's making a majority of those, which doesn't really happen, but if he makes a lot of those in a game down the field after a 20-yard gain because he made a mistake earlier on in the play, well, how beneficial is that tackle number? I think with Blake Martinez, what we're getting with him, what he brings to the table is a very intelligent smart, high IQ football player. That's what you want in your Mike linebacker. You want a guy that reacts well, is very, very aware. He, he played at Stanford, and that intelligence level really translates to his game. And I think when you have a guy like that, it can truly elevate the performances of the guys playing alongside him, in front of him, behind him, even considering the fact that the Giants have a very young group We're not going to have average players playing well above their expectations, but he will certainly be able to calm things going on around him and maybe simplify some of the issues for these rookies because he has that good leadership intelligence level to bring to the middle of the defense. Yeah, And I think that will, or at least should be, the biggest improvement over Alec Ogletree as the Mike linebacker. Nothing against Ogletree. Over his years with the Giants, there were just too many instances where we saw him just defending grass. We saw communication breakdowns. It seemed like nobody really knew what was going on. And then offensive players almost running free while Ogletree was just kind of standing there in his zone of coverage, but not really picking anybody up or passing anybody off. And whenever that happened, you would almost always see the offense get a play. So hopefully Martinez and his football IQ will help the defense, not just by really understanding his own assignments, but helping to get the play call to the other players, make sure everybody's on the same page. And so the defense as a whole can execute better. It's almost like having a really good center or a a quarterback on the other side of the football. If you have a linebacker, with the football IQ that Blake Martinez has. So you're getting that elevated play. He's going to help out the young guys around him. And this is a very, very young core of players, which we're going to continue to elaborate on today's show. Next guy that is very interesting to discuss, a player that we have always considered to be very talented, but possibly misused in the previous coaching staff under James Betcher as the defensive coordinator. That being Lorenzo Carter coming into his third year. He's been not tremendously productive, but has racked up sacks as a pass rusher. However, the one thing we've said on this show is maybe Lorenzo Carter is a good pass rusher, but or an average pass rusher and has those skills, but he might be better off playing more of an off-ball role. Now, he's listed as a Will linebacker. Is this going to be a year where Lorenzo Carter has a huge step-up year playing on the outside as that weak side outside linebacker? I hope so. I think I we have been some of the loudest voices calling for 
Carter to move to more of an off-ball job because that's really what he played at Georgia, and that's how he can really use his athleticism and length to the to the fullest is playing in space, you know, keeping being able to keep up with tight ends and running backs in coverage and really being able to flow to the ball instead of having to, you know, take on an offensive tackle every snap. You know, he hasn't really shown much in the way of development as a pass rusher, not like we hoped he would. But his play in space is actually pretty good. You know, some of his most memorable plays, at least for me, are him in space, you know, in coverage as a will linebacker. So hopefully that's what we will see from him. Carter, to me, really has that perfect skill set to be a strong outside linebacker that is not primarily a pass rusher. Now, the good thing is we know he's capable of doing it. So if you wanted to rush him off the edge, in a varying look, you could do exactly that. But because he's so fast, he's he's as athletic as he is, he is a really good mover in space and able to make plays against the pass if he is playing in pass coverage rather than rushing off the edge during a passing play. So Car- Carter has the skill set. We, we've seen him do it. We saw him do it in college. We saw him do it rarely in his time with the Giants. Maybe he'll actually transition well to more of an off-ball role because if you look at the way things are, are set up with the depth chart and the reason why we didn't talk about him as a sandbacker is with Kyler Fackrell being signed and O'Shea Zimenez there, Carter doesn't really make sense to play in that role. It makes a lot more sense to use that space-filling skill set of a tall, rangy linebacker to play on the weak side. Where things get a little bit tricky here, Chris, is the second inside linebacker with a 3-4 scheme, and when you're not in nickel or dime, you need another linebacker to play in the middle next to Blake Martinez. Last season, Ryan Connolly had a really, really strong start to the season. He had two interceptions, and then he had a catastrophic, devastating injury to his knee that ended the rest of the season. So we didn't get to really fully see what Ryan Connolly could develop into and bring to the table. We only got to see those early flashes of him performing very, very, very well. Then David Mayo comes in. He does an okay job. He gets the job done. Not to a point where you'll get overly excited and say that this is a high potential guy, but you know that he can go in there and start games with base packages on defense. So the question now becomes... How does the competition pan out between Connolly and Mayo? Because right now they are the two favorites for that secondary inside linebacker job. Yeah, and this is go- I think going to be kind of a tricky competition this year because you know we haven't had an off season. Training camp is going to happen, but you know it's it's going to be unconventional. I, I suppose we could say there is not going to be a preseason. So I, I kind of have a feeling that Mayo, simply because of the fact that he got extended snaps, he saw the field a lot last year. He has a bit more, ex- well, I should say a lot more experience in the NFL. I think he will get first crack at the job of being the other inside linebacker, the guy who is on the field when the Giants aren't playing a some kind of nickel sub package. 
However, I think it's also entirely possible that as the year goes on, maybe Ryan Connolly does get on the field and maybe he does surpass him. Uh, this competition, we might not actually get to see it play out until maybe next year, just based on how how little time teams are going to have together before they actually take the field. That extra little bit of NFL experience is, I think, going to be really big this year. For this competition, this isn't a, a roster bubble situation. One of them is going to start. One of them is going to be the backup for this secondary inside linebacker spot. You do bring up the complications now that there are no preseason games. It is going to be strictly camp-based. All the determinations are going to be based on what happens during training camp. So you can't really figure out who operates the best in a game situation. You then have to determine, all right, who is impressing us the most on the practice field. So David Mayo does have that edge. He's more comfortable. He's been here already. He's played in NFL games for an extended period of time. Connolly, on the other hand, has barely played. He only played a handful of games last year before his season got cut short. That being said, for me, I do also want to give the edge to David Mayo, but I think if Connolly has properly rehabbed and is back to healthy form and there's not any major bumps in that road to recovery, which we haven't heard anything of that happening. It doesn't sound like there have been really any issues. If he is back to where he was Last year, I think Connolly could be uh, the dark horse in this situation to be that starting that starting guy for these base packages. Now, I don't know how much they're actually going to use that secondary inside linebacker if they'll even come out in a lot of base looks, but I, I think that Connolly, just those flashes that we saw were enough that in practice, coaches could get excited over that. Even if he is not as clean and as polished as David Mayo is, I would just feel like the what Connolly can bring to the table for being a little bit more explosive and a little bit more of a playmaker, I, I think that might just be enough to just slightly push him over Mayo. Yeah, and you brought up a really good point with just we don't know how much Patrick Graham is going to rely on a base package for the Giants. You know, more and more nickel package, you know, five defensive backs is the base package for a defense at the NFL level, and you know. We have we saw in Miami he used a lot of really exotic looks. Given how the Giants have kind of accumulated defensive backs, you know, we last show we touched on the cornerback situation. After next show, I believe we'll be getting to the safeties. They have quite a few guys who are listed as defensive backs who can play in the box, play closer to the line of scrimmage, basically as a pseudo linebacker. For all we know, they could be planning on having a three-safety set be their base package, and we might only see that other inside linebacker in a typical 3-4 look on you know short yardage goal line downs. For the remaining linebackers, there is a, a very... Deep's not the right word. There's just a lot of players that are currently the backup linebackers for this Giants team. As you recall from the NFL draft, they spent a lot of draft picks on linebackers, not including Carter Coughlin, who was in the edge show. You have now Cam Brown, Tay Crowder, and TJ Brunson. That's three guys that they drafted who are going to be off-ball linebackers 
or at least competing to be on the roster as off-ball linebackers. Besides those three guys, you also have Devontae Downs, who was previously with the team, Josiah Tofea, who was also previously with the team last year, and then the two undrafted free agents, uh, also Chris Peace, uh, who is not an undrafted free agent, but the two UDFAs being Dana Levine and Dominique Ross. Levine being a rookie from Temple and also Ross coming from North Carolina. Out of this long list of names, this laundry list of, of names here, Chris, is there anyone who can find their way into a contributing role out of any of these players? You know, I think just based on athleticism, measurables, how he was used in college, I I think Cam Brown is probably the, of those guys, I also obviously include Carter Coughlin, depending on the role he ultimately gets, but we covered him in a different show. I think Cam Brown is the most likely guy, and simply because he is so similar to Lorenzo Carter, the Giants could keep him around on the main roster as a backup, just, you know, insurance if they move Lorenzo Carter to a new position, just so they always have somebody there who can fill that position. Yeah, I think that will be Cam Brown's role if he makes the final roster. I'm a big fan of of Cam Brown as well. No one else on here intrigues me enough based on how the roster situation will be. They're not going to really carry that many linebackers. We're going to address that stuff after the commercial break. But for me, Cam Brown is a favorite to be the backup for Lorenzo Carter. So if you want to have some varying looks, if you want to bring out Carter and Cam Brown, or if you want to rotate Lorenzo Carter out for a player two, need to give him a break. Maybe Lorenzo Carter is um, injured or not, or not at hundred percent for a game. You can use Cam Brown in an effective role. I see a lot of similarities in skill sets between Cam Brown and Lorenzo Carter. Now, Brown is not the same pass rusher that Carter is, but I see two guys that are big, they're quick, they're lengthy, they, they move decently well in space. So Cam Brown is not going to be as good as Lorenzo Carter, but for a defensive coordinator like Patrick Graham, he has those similarities where you want to have those similarities for guys at the same position. You're going to be able to get that continuity um, with Cam Brown. We are going to hit on the guys that we think are going to be staying, the guys that are going to get sent home, and also the practice squad players out of these backups that we've talked about. Before we hit on that, though, folks, we're going to take a really short commercial break. Based on all of these backups, this uh, obnoxiously long list of players that the Giants are currently carrying at linebacker, it's almost like they drafted this many guys just to see if one of them could stick uh, and, and create a... a huge amount of competition at the linebacker position for me though Chris is I I think all of these guys but Cam Brown are going to get sent home I think that the way that this roster is structured and the talent at safety are going to favor more defensive backs than linebackers not to mention the fact that we already talked about the Sam uh, Sam backers and with Zimenez Fackrell and Coughlin being favorites to make the roster you really can only fit one more guy and then whoever wins that Mayo and Connolly situation the other guy is going to be a backup so you're basically have already filled out your backups 
Beyond that, none of these guys are, are really that impressive enough to me physically to make this roster. Tay Crowder is, I would say he is intriguing, but he is, I, I don't think he is ready to be on the final roster yet. You know, he is a very recent convert to linebacker. He was up until recently a, a running back. So he, he has those running back instincts and he has the athleticism that you want to see, but he just doesn't quite have the, he doesn't have his toolbox together yet. He has to learn how to use all of his tools of the backups. We have lifts listed cam Brown's probably the only one who stays. And I think come down to the practice squad, it will probably be, you know, Tay Crowder, TJ Brunson, the two draftees and Dominique Ross out of North Carolina could be another guy to keep an eye on for the practice squad, especially if, the practice squad gets expanded, which is something that has been talked about. You know, he's, I believe, listed about 6'4", 225, 230 thereabouts, and really more of a coverage specialist, which just the way offense is going in the NFL, you have to have coverage linebackers. Maybe the Giants could keep him around, see how he develops, just kind of as a lottery ticket. But I think just as far as who stays, who goes, and who goes to the practice squad, that that's kind of the way I see it. For the practice squad, and, and speaking of that situation, I don't see a, a, many guys really sticking around either for the practice squad. The players that make the most sense would have to be Tay Crowder and TJ Brunson. They did invest draft picks in them. They're not going to be in a position really to win a backup role. So then at that point you're going to want to push those drafted guys to your practice squad and stash them. Like we talked about already the on the, the recent hot takes show we did, there's not going to be as many rookies making the roster as usual because of no preseason games. Teams are going to prioritize stashing as many rookies as possible onto their practice squad. So then with, with uh, Crowder and Brunson, you can stash them on the practice squad and then wait until next year after they've spent a year in the NFL developing to really make that final decision on if we want to keep them around or not. So Crowder, Brunson, and then possibly uh, Dominique Ross being a third guy. But I really only see two players making the practice squad out of this group. Yeah, that's pretty much where I am as well. This really is not a good year. In fact, it's it's potentially a terrible year for rookies, uh, guys who are at the end of the roster, who are fighting tooth and nail to make an NFL roster. It really is just a terrible year for them. Certainly is the the worst possible circumstances to try and make an NFL roster in. We've hit on this a number of times on varying shows, but there is very difficult circumstances for guys that need those preseason games to identify themselves as being worthy of making an NFL roster. Now, without those, a lot of rookies are going to get cut. A lot of rookies are going to get put on practice squads. It is just not going to be the the same situation as previously. So Crowder, Brunson, possibly Dominique Ross are what's really shaping out for this, uh, this linebacker group. That's it for today's show, folks. Thank you for tuning in, as always, to The Chris and Joe Show. Be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you are listening to us and follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at RaptorMKII, and at BigBlueView. Also head to BigBlueView.com. Next and final preview will be the safeties.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.